Hey everybody, it's Dave again. And we are continuing the Climbing the Pocket Network's series on top five prospects for each position in the draft. Tyler Fornis is bringing us his top five big board day by day as the draft builds up. He's bringing us the board. Let's bring in Tyler. Hey, Tyler, how you doing today? Dave, life is good. I'm ready to talk some football, and we have some fun players to discuss today. Well, what's our next position group? Our next position group, we're going to talk wide receivers, and this is a historic wide receiver class. We're talking about last year, I think we there were, it was either 30 or 33 guys that were drafted. I think we, we got can a pretty good that one. this year. Yeah. Oh, yes, we did. We, yeah. we got a great one of Justin Jefferson. Thank you, Howie Roseman, for botching that selection just ahead of us. And let me tell you, this is a fantastic group of players, and I'm really excited to dive in. All right, go for it. All right, we're going to start off with five, and this is kind of the – it's going to feel hot takey, but it's not. That's not what I do. That's not what I'm about. And it's Jamar Chase, the wide receiver out of LSU. You hear people talking about him being the consensus number one in this class. You hear him being the best physical specimen to come out of wide receiver since Julio Jones. Look, I I thought he was really good at LSU. He played a a bully ball style of football. He had 1,900 yards and 20 touchdowns in probably the best offense that has ever played college football. And it's great. Like he has some fantastic things about him. He he's an alpha. He goes up and gets the ball. He bullies physical cornerbacks. But the one thing that I didn't see is he didn't have a dominant athletic trait on the field. And that's to me is really scary. Like he's better than Nikhil Harry, but Nikhil Harry just couldn't separate. He, he was just winning jump balls and he was so good at it. So you can kind of like push that aside a little bit. Like I think Jamar Chase, even with his athletic testing, which was stellar, he was tested way better than anybody thought. But at the same time, that do the traits match the skills? And the answer is no. The traits that he tested with don't match how he plays on the field. I don't think he's a phenomenal natural separator. And I worry that he's going to not produce nearly what his draft position is going to be. He's going to be drafted top five, top ten. And I feel like he's not going to produce like that because he has those limitations as far as on-field natural ability as far as being a separator. And that's what you need at this next level. He's going to face Stephon Gilmore. Like, what happens when Stephon Gilmore punches him in the mouth? Is he going to be able to handle that? Is he going to be able to separate from him? Like, I have some serious questions. He's still got a first-round grade for me, but I am nowhere near as high as a lot of other people that I respect on him. And I know I'm not alone. Um, Some people that I talk to a lot have him as low as I do. So it's going to be really interesting to see Chase's career progress. I will be the first to admit I was wrong if he just ends up being the best receiver before and away out of this class. But I have too many question marks for him. Then that's why he's so low for me. Who do you have next? At number four is Florida's Kadarius Toney. Yeah, he's a really interesting player because he came to Florida as kind of a, like an option-style quarterback with a cannon arm. There are rumors he can uh, chuck about 80 to 85 yards. And seeing some of his throws in college, I, I wouldn't necessarily doubt it. 
Uh, but one of the tough parts about Tony's evaluation is he wasn't really a true receiver until 2020. He has started to learn a little bit more and be used as a, as more of a receiver in 2019. But even then, that receiver room was so deep, he was mainly used as a gadget guy, a guy you manufacture touches for. This year, Tony really blossomed into kind of that Z receiver role where he played a little outside, a little slot. And you could see the quick twitch in his routes. You could see him dominate that with the ball in his hands in the open field. There was a play against uh, South Carolina where he caught the ball on a crosser, and it was him surrounded by four players, and he ran right through them. He is a powerful runner at 5'11", 190, and he is an athletic freak. I think he has a lot more room to grow than probably anybody in this top five list, and he's already done such a good job, especially with this film where I have him this high. I know I'm going to be higher than a lot on Kadarius Tony, but I absolutely love what the potential is, and I'm not worried about his size at all because he is built relatively thick for a guy his size, and he plays physical. Like He's not afraid of contact. He can run through it. So that's why I have Kadarius Tony at four, and I think he can be a fantastic pro and wouldn't shock me if he goes top 20. Well, if he's at four, who have you got at three? Number three is Alabama's Devonta Smith. Devonta Smith is a very interesting player because if you just watch the tape and you look at the stats, uh, he should be a surefire top five pick. Like He dominated the SEC, especially once Jalen Waddell went out uh, with that dislocated and fractured ankle. Devonta Smith absolutely owned everyone. He's a crisp, smooth, and clean route runner. He's got excellent body control in the air. Uh, he knows how to separate really naturally, but he's also 6'1", 170, and he's skinnier than Cam Dantzler was coming out. And receivers that aren't burners think they don't do anything at that size. Like, I am not somebody who's going to come at you with, oh, like, oh, he weighs this, so he can't be any good. But it's it's a real concern because when you watch him play football, I, I worry that if somebody, like I mentioned, Stephon Gilmore, Jamar Chase, if he gets punched in the mouth by a really physical corner or if he gets annihilated in the open field, how's he going to handle that? Is he going to be able to withstand the punishment? Alabama's offense did a fantastic job getting him the ball in space and letting him operate pretty freely. How's he going to handle physicality? How's he going to be able to hold up over the course of the season at a size that is just like you've never seen it? It's really hard to bet on a guy at in the top 10, top 15, where you're going to have to take him, where you don't have any historical data to back up the fact that he's going to be really good. Like He got a, a um, mid to high first round grade for me. He's a very, very good football player. But on my board, I would hesitate taking him where I would need to, to in order to secure his services just because he is a physical anomaly. Deshaun Jackson was a similar size. He was like 5'10", 175. But Deshaun Jackson also ran a 4'340". And when you're a burner, you can overcome some of those things. Devonta Smith's not a burner. And then he went through the pre-draft process. He didn't run. He didn't do a lot of things. And he showed that he had the opportunity to gain weight, and he didn't. And he never weighed in. So there's just a lot of question marks. I I would not take him in the top 10, top 15. But you also can't ignore the fact that the player itself on the field is phenomenal. He's, he's a fantastic wide receiver. So that he is my guy at number three. 
If he's number three, I bet I can guess who you have at number two. Who is it? Well, if you guess if you guess Rashad Bateman out of Minnesota, you would be correct. I absolutely love Rashad Bateman's game, and I will be honest. I was surprised he tested, uh, or sorry, measured in uh, so short at six foot and three eighths. He plays way bigger than that. Like Minnesota listed him at six two, like, and I thought that was fair. Like he he was able to jump on uh, over guys, and he looked physically bigger than what his uh, current measurement was at. I know uh, Rashad Bateman had a really nasty bout of COVID-19, and that was one of the reasons why he opted out. He has asthma, and you could tell he lost a lot of weight. And his 2020 film was kind of all over the place, and a lot of that had to do with Minnesota changing offensive coordinators, not really having a full spring practice, this, that, and the other thing. But I'll tell you this, Rashad Bateman, that 2019 film, is absolutely filthy. What he was able to do against Penn State is just stuff of legends. He can outrun people, and he's not going to beat you necessarily right away, but he's got the long speed. And he showed that with the 43940. Uh, he's got incredible uh, foot quickness, and he's able to naturally separate, which is something that you want to see out of a wide receiver. Uh, he does need to clean up the releases a little bit. He has this weird false step where he takes out on every single release. You get a good receivers coach, you can clean that up real fast. And Bateman can he can jump up and catch the ball and contest catches. Uh, he can uh, take a slant all the way to the house. He can run crossers, uh, the blaze out, which is like a, almost like a uh, post. And then you whip it out to an out route. Like, and he makes defenders look absolutely filthy. Just it's bad. It's like just incredible stuff. Um, Bateman is my number two receiver and I wouldn't be shocked to see him go anywhere in like the top 15 or 20 because I think he's that good. Well, if two's off the board, that only leaves us one. Who have you got as the best wide receiver prospect in the 2021 draft? It's Alabama's Jalen Waddell. Now, you are going to hear a lot of draft analysts, and we've already heard a lot, say that, oh, this guy's Tyree Kill. This guy's Tyree Kill. Well, guess what? There isn't a Tyree Kill until now. Jalen Waddell has the Tyree Kill speed. He plays like Tyree Kill. He's able to jump up and catch balls and win just like Tyree Kill. When you watch him, my first thought was, this is Tyree Kill 2.0. And I think this comp is fair. I don't like to use comps often, but sometimes it just fits. And when it fits, you use it. Waddell can dominate you uh, with incredible foot speed and acceleration and burst. He can beat you in the air. He can beat you with crisp route running, and he can beat you in the return game. Jalen Waddle has everything you want in a receiver. He's 5'10", 180, but 5'10", 180 is a lot different than 6'1", 170. It's, that three inches makes a really big difference on how that weight is distributed. I think Jalen Waddle, you put him in any offense – you let him work underneath. You get him some manufactured touches. You let him work deep over the field. Let's continue to develop the uh, the intermediate and underneath routes, like the whips, the blaze outs, uh, the ins, the crossers. Like You can get this guy the ball in space right now as he continues to learn the nuances of the game. Uh, he was my highest graded wide receiver by uh, about a point and a half over Rashad Bateman and then uh, two points over Devonta Smith. I think Jalen Waddle's special, and you can utilize him in almost any offense. And I think 
we've seen what Tyreek Hill has done for the Kansas City Chiefs. And we saw what Henry Ruggs' deep speed did for the Las Vegas Raiders last year. Ruggs didn't have a phenomenal year, but there's a reason why Nelson Aguilar did. It's because Ruggs' ability to take the top off of defense scared teams. And that allowed Aguilar to really eat underneath and even deep. So Jalen Waddle's my number one. And just the ways he wins uh, in the open field and against coverage is just fantastic. And that's why he's my guy. What's the chance that you see the Vikings taking a wide receiver at number 14, recreating that wide receiver three situation where we used to call it back in the day with Reed, Carter, and Moss, three deep? I think it's more likely now than it even was then. And I think the only reason you took Randy Moss when you did was one Chris or sorry, uh, Dennis Green knew he could trust Chris Carter in the infrastructure in the organization to help a guy like Randy Moss. The only reason he slipped was off field. He had a lot of issues in high school and college. He got kicked out of Bobby Bowden's Florida State program, went to Marshall, absolutely dominated the competition at Marshall. But those questions really stood in the draft. Dennis Green took a chance. I, I think if you have a guy this talented fall to 14, I think if Jalen Waddle's there, it's going to be really hard for the Vikings to pass on that because Rick Spielman really does try to go best player available, and you do need a wide receiver three. We truly don't know what Clint Kubiak's offense is going to look like and how much 11 personnel they're going to use. Maybe if they have that that third wide receiver, they start using it more. Uh, I think if Waddle's there, if Chase is there, I think those are two guys that they could really look at, especially with Chase and Jefferson having been teammates. They're going to have a little bit of an inside knowledge. Uh, even Irv Smith Jr. knows Jalen Waddle uh, from their time in Alabama. So if, if there's one available, I wouldn't be shocked at all to see the Vikings take one, but I also wouldn't put my money on it. Sounds good. That wraps up the top five for wide receivers. Join us again tomorrow for the next position. Let's go, everybody. Let's go.